as of right now, this is the best sounding room I've been in. And I've been in like actual, like when I was at school for this, when I was doing school for this, I've been in like actual like dead treated rooms where they've lined everything up with like lasers and stuff. And even that sounded like worse to me than this. That's this has awesome, more like dude. lively feel to yeah. it. How's it going everyone? So today we have something a little different. I'm actually doing a podcast interview with one of my clients, Colin, who we recently built a soundproof room in the second story on a spare bedroom in his house. So if you guys are interested in learning how we did it, we're going to talk directly uh, together and go over the entire build. And it's an amazing conversation. Colin's a super cool dude. Uh, he's also a producer based out of Colorado Springs. So if you guys are looking for a talented music producer, definitely check out his uh, website as well, which will be in the, the de description below. So without further ado, I want to jump into this episode. As always, if you guys are interested in learning more about soundproofing, uh, check out my free soundproofing workshop. You can uh, watch it right away at soundproofyourstudio.com workshop. That is soundproofyourstudio.com workshop. And some of you guys will hear Colin talking about our relationship. He, he actually hired me. I was his soundproofing consultant for this build. And we talk a lot about that. So that is something that I do offer a, a little bit behind the scenes. So if you guys are going down that journey, and you want to do it right, um, definitely reach out on the website soundproofyourstudio.com uh, and learn a little bit more about my consulting services as well. All right, we are going to jump into this episode on how to build a soundproof studio in a spare bedroom in your house. All right, welcome everybody. This is something I don't normally do. This is going to be a podcast YouTube video with Colin here, who is one of my clients. Um, we recently finished his soundproof studio in a bedroom in his house. And I know a ton of you guys are going to be interested in this. So um, Colin, what's up, man? How's it going? Yeah. How's it going, man? You know, I want to start out by... So here, I'll give everyone who's watching and listening like an idea of how we're going to do this since it's a little different from other material on my channel um, and on the podcast. But basically, we're going to look at Colin's studio build as like a case study for any of you guys who are out there who are trying to do something similar. So just so you know the backstory... Um, he built a soundproof recording studio in a spare bedroom in his house. And remind me of the square footage again. And you're in it right now. Yeah, I'm in it right now. I don't remember the exact square footage. It's like 250 something, 260 yeah. something. So around that range, you know, yeah. like a fairly large bedroom. And then your ceilings uh, are what height right now? Uh, 8.5, but we started with nine feet. Yeah, so at least you started with nine feet, which allowed you to, to only lose about half a, a foot there. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we're going to go over the floor design, the wall design, the doors, the ceiling, the heating and cooling, the ventilation, and the acoustic treatment. Um, before we jump into all that technical stuff, uh, I wanted to ask you, what was the main goal for your studio and what led you to reach out to me? Uh, the main goal for my studio was to create like a space where like good art is like inevitable. It's like a, it feels like a blank canvas or like a void for people to come in and like release like whatever music they want to or like whatever they're feeling at that time. Um, and then what brought me to you was actually I was engineering in my dad's basement. I had like a basement room. Uh, it was really dead. I'd done a bunch of work to just like deaden it out as hard as I could. And it was like surrounded by concrete on three walls. So I wasn't, I could be as loud as I wanted to, but it sounded really bad. Uh, as far as like mixing and tracking, I couldn't get like any good room sound. I, like vocals were bad. My mixes weren't translating. So I just needed to upgrade. It was like I grew out of the space. I like learned all the equipment and then my skills progressed to the point where I kind of like outgrew what the space was capable of. And I just started looking around on YouTube for 
soundproofing studios, like what are my options and kind of stumbled across your content, reached out on your website, kind of got funneled through your like <laughs> soundproof your studio yeah. kind of course. And uh, now we're here. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So Colin is one of the first people to go through uh, my new consulting program. And it's been really awesome to, to run you through that and see the results. So just out of curiosity, um, just so people know the end result first before we go into how you did it how is the yeah. soundproofing and how how has that been i remember we talked about it a little bit and you were like it's amazing my roommates don't hear anything you have a drum set in your room which i know people will be really curious about because a lot of times you'll hear me say like 100 percent, you need a concrete floor you have to have a concrete floor mm-hmm. but in your situation you're building on the second story of your house there's no way yeah. to do a concrete slab so we did. We looked at options too. Yeah. Like we were thinking about gypsum board, or like maybe even like um, one of those prefabricated where they come in and they like spray down that liquid and it hardens. Right. I forgot what it's called, like the laminate flooring. Yeah. But yeah, even that, like it just right now, we're just. I mean, we're on a floated floor right now, but we are on just the original house joists. Yeah. That are you know were built. So. Yeah, and then so how? What is the like? What if if you were to close the door and play your mixes? Can your roommates hear it? Can anyone else hear it? Not if I'm like normal volume. If I'm like trying to damage my ears, definitely. <laughs> yeah. um, like the bass frequencies can definitely cut through. But I mean, like I'm not hearing anything on the high end, the top end. Yeah. Uh, footsteps, voices, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I can hear more voices like in my bathroom and the shower and like the closet in my house with like one vent than in this room. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so overall, you're like, okay, awesome job. And I know one thing we did yeah. with your situation too that people will hear as we go through the wall design is we didn't, we kind of like cut... I should say cut corners, but we just like worked within your budget and we also, mm-hmm. you know, didn't do the outside walls of your room. So like in the future, if you wanted to do the outside walls, we could do that as well. Um, Definitely. How about the drum set? I'm really curious. Uh, what can you yeah. hear with the drum set? Cause it's not perfect, but it's like definitely better than if there was nothing. A lot of kick, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I have a roommate that is right below me. And unfortunately he works graveyard shifts. So he's asleep when I'm awake and I'm asleep when he's awake. So we're producing and recording completely opposite. Yeah. Um, so he hears a lot of that kick. Um, he's texted me a few times to like stop yeah. when he's asleep. But other than that, like, I think it's just the kick. Like I'm not hearing symbols, uh, mm-hmm. a little bit of the snare, but just kind of like that low, like kind of thump. Yeah. Um, not like that high end. So I, it, and also I do have it on a rug. So it's on a rug on top of laminate flooring, on top of two layers of plywood, on top of three inches of foam, on top of the original OSB plywood, then on the joists. Yes. And the entire room is like the floor is not touching the walls at all. Yeah. So theoretically vibration should just be dying yeah. right on my floor. Yeah, and when you said foam, you what you meant to say is uh, fiberglass insulation is what we used. Three inch. Yeah, true. Uh, Sorry. No, it's okay. I just want to confirm because foam is a little different. Yeah, yeah, um, true. It's rigid fiberglass. Seven hundred three. Yes, yeah. exactly. And we laid it down, and we've cut it out, and we've built. I mean, it's the size of a sheet of plywood, basically. Yeah. And then we just laid that out, and then we put the plywood on top of yeah. that. Yeah. So. Yeah. So this is kind of an interesting point, you know, and it's a great case study in the sense that we can build a soundproof studio on a second floor. But if you're a drummer and you want to completely eliminate that kick, you know, you're going to have to go even further to add more mass under the floor. Like one thing we could have done with your studio is we could have added some drywall underneath the joists to add more mass. And then we could have even decoupled Mm -hmm. the ceiling below in your roommate's room, but we didn't want to do any construction outside of the room. So that was like one of the reasons we didn't do that. 
and also demoing the rest of the house while people are living in it because I have roommates as well. I can't, yeah. you know, exactly add drywall into rooms that people are living in. So, mm-hmm. but I wish I could genuinely. The other option that we talked about was doing a platform, and right. that's what I'm still considering. Um, the only issue with that is obviously the space. Uh, you can't take the platform in and out. You lose that floor space. You know, you lose like a foot perimeter on yeah. on every side. So that's you know a chair, a mic stand, like whatever. And then I still have to get mic stands on around the drum set as well with the stage. Right. So it's. It takes up space and space is a big thing. And as, as we dive into the uh, acoustic treatment, we talked about space on our last call yesterday. Um, so we'll talk a little Mm -hmm. bit more about that. So just so you guys know, I think we kind of covered the floor, but, um, the idea was really what I, what I kind of proposed for him was to do this cheaper budget floating floor option where we put down Corning 703 around on top of the entire existing floor. Uh, then we added two layers of uh, what was the the width of the plywood that we used again? Was it half inch or three quarter inch? Uh, three quarter three quarter inch. inch plywood, which is going to be even better. Um, and then you can kind of do it so the seams don't lap uh, overlap with each other on that. You could throw yeah. green glue. We didn't use any green glue in your entire build, right? Or did we use some on the ceiling? Uh, no, we didn't yeah. use any green no glue. Green we used glue. Uh, an OSI acoustic foam. Uh, no, sorry, acoustic uh, caulk. Yeah. It's, uh, you can find it on Amazon. You can get like a, I think it's a 12 pack or something yeah. for like 90 bucks. Yeah, but it's just like what I could afford. Yeah, but we didn't use, um, so just to clarify there too, like the acoustic sealant that he's talking about there is not the same as the green glue compound, which you like put behind the drywall. Because we were, you mm-hmm. know, cost and budget were, were again a concern with this build. So we were like, okay, let's, we don't have to use green glue to still soundproof. And as you can tell, like you eliminated a lot of transmission loss or a lot of trans mm-hmm. sound transmission by just doing what we did. Um, so let, and honestly, yeah, the, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say the walls aren't even really the weakest part. I didn't even feel that bad skipping the green glue. Yeah. Cause like the STC rating on my vents and my doors is already going to be worse than if I wouldn't even have had the green glue in the first place. Right. So it's, it's, you know, cost and benefit. Yeah. Obviously if you're on a budget, you have to decide what's worth it. Exactly. Yeah. And we talked through a lot of that, um, with his build. Um, so let's talk about the Mm -hmm. walls now that we're like talking about that. Um, we did go ahead and you, you describe the wall system that we did. Uh, so we did, uh, what's called a furring channel system or a hat channel system on the walls. Basically you have like your initial like wooden joists, uh, or studs in the wall. And those are what your room is normally built off of. But instead, we've gutted the whole room. So it was like a master bedroom before we came in. We gutted everything, all the insulation, all the electrical, all the drywall, even up into the attic. We demoed the attic. We had sucked all the foam insulation, like the spray insulation, out of the attic and put new stuff up there too. Um, And then on top of those joists, we have clips. Those clips, inside of those clips, sit a channel. Uh, it's metal. It's um, It has like a little ridge to it. And then we screw the drywall into that ridge in the channel. So basically, there's two layers of drywall on the ceiling and all the walls of this room that are totally suspended entirely off of a system of metal channels that do not touch the rest of the house. And that hopefully will prevent the most of vibration transfer from like getting into the rest of the house. So if I have, you know, vibration hitting the walls, that's not transferring into the studs and then going into the rest of the house. Yeah. Yeah, man. You, you could teach soundproofing yourself at this point. It's like, you, oh, you know, okay. it inside and out. 
Yeah, so what we did in the end, again, because the floor space was such a, an issue and you have a small room to begin with, we didn't want to do the double wall system, which would have technically been more soundproof. Um, but again, like you said, you know, the, the floor is not as soundproof. The doors are not. We're not doing like super, super intense soundproofing. So mm -hmm. maybe doing a double wall system would have been kind of a waste of money and kind of a waste of space. So we ended up yeah. choosing the the hat channel system. And like Colin said, you know, we put the clips on on all the walls and, and the ceiling and uh, uh, added the two layers of drive, five eighths inch drywall and no green glue, but we did use acoustic sealant around all the perimeters. You know, that was a very yep. important to just seal up, uh, mm -hmm. the walls and where the wall and the ceiling meet and where the walls and the floor meet. Another thing. And then also like, yeah, go ahead. The drywall itself, like when you're hanging it, just being conscious of like where the seams line up. Yeah. Um, we took extra, extra precaution to make sure we had no overlapping seams. Yeah. And if we did, and in, in the rare occasions we did, we just filled it with acoustic caulk, just like as much as we could get in there, like two or three tubes yeah. into the cracks, um, just trying to get as much mass in there as we can. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, when you lay your drywall, um, you know, you can do the first layer vertical, the second layer horizontally, and that will help where seams won't line up. But like you said, if for some reason there's a weird cut and you have seams overlapping, you know, you can do whatever you can to fill that gap, either putting a little piece of drywall in and then filling it with acoustic sealant, um, or using some backer rod and acoustic sealant. Oh, I was going to say, there's just a couple weird spots like around my door where that was necessary. Yeah. And I mean, we can get into my door design in a second. But. Yeah, actually, almost a perfect segue, Colin, into the next oh, wow. engine, I know, which is the doors here, because you had, uh, you know, I don't know if we'll have a diagram, if you'll send it to me, I'm going to try and like, yeah, throw yeah. in diagrams and videos that Colin took to to go with this podcast. So if you guys are listening on the podcast, go to YouTube, and you can see a little bit more of what we did with Colin's build. Um, but the main thing that I think is so interesting with your system is you, you had like that entryway into the bedroom. And so we just put up another wall and created an mm -hmm. airlock system with a double door system however you also had a third door or i should say a second door that goes into a bathroom and that's mm -hmm. where we had another slightly weak point in the system so go ahead and just yep. describe your doors uh for the audience here yeah so initially it was like a master bedroom it had a hallway leading down and then as you open the door the right wall runs the whole length of the room and then it opens up in its left bed. So you can kind of like walk into the room that way. Yeah. And then the bathroom door is in the back middle. So like right where I'm facing, like right where I'm looking basically. Yeah. Um, so all we did is make the room rectangular. So before it was like rectangular, but it had this little like jut out like three or four feet into the hallway. And then the door was there. All we did is frame out the rest of like we just extended the wall basically in the room already and frame that out so we have two doors uh so we have an airlock on the main door and then on the bathroom door we also have an airtight seal just one um but there's nothing coming from the bathroom anyways that is a potential weak spot and me and wilson have talked about that and i also have plans to upgrade that in the future when i have more money to actually like invest in the studio but for now it does its job and there's nothing really coming from the closet i actually live in that closet i can't this is the room that I'm renting. And so I have to sleep in the closet in order to no, have this. You sleep in a closet, college. Shoot. We'll have to edit that out so yeah. people don't know that you sleep in a closet. <laughs> no, it's kidding. fine. I don't care. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a nice closet. Yeah, it's, yeah, not it's a nice bad. closet. Um, and it's more important that you have an amazing studio. Yeah, I mean, genuinely, I'd rather <laughs> sleep in the closet and have this than sleep <laughs> yeah, in here. So. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and then, I mean, with the doors, they're airtight and we were initially going to do a five inch back set, but there wasn't really a need for that considering we weren't doing the super chunk door yeah. uh, and there's not like a whole bunch of seals. So we just did a normal three inch back set, uh, just some standard handles. I have a deadbolt, but there's nothing fancy. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, we have the, I forget the manufacturer, but the drop down seals. So the little, yeah. did you seals. guys use, um, zero international? Yeah. yeah. Zero industries. Yeah. Zero international. Yeah. They, is it? Oh, I okay. think it's international. I always call it in industries as well because that's what you would mm. think. But Zero International yeah. is the brand name, um, and they're they're considered the best door seals out there. So I'm glad that you guys went with those. There are some other off brands that are similar that probably do a similarly good job. Uh, but Zero International is consistently the one that's recommended um, in a lot of the soundproofing resources out there. Oh, I was gonna say they were really easy to get on. Too. Awesome. Like literally, I I did all three doors and probably like two, three hours. Yeah. It was like super quick. I w and then adjustment, I can adjust them at any time. Yeah. I have like little screwdriver set. You can just tweak them if they ever like, cause my doors are, and I mean, um, without getting into like all of the stuff we did, we have a solid core door and we had to like custom drill like four hinges for yeah. it. Cause like three wasn't enough. And we had to get security, like reinforced hinges and like get thick, like lag bolts and drill those yeah. like deep into the studs in order to keep the door from shifting in the frame. Yeah. Um, but the door does settle a little bit regardless. Yes. Cause it's really heavy. Each door is I think 60 to 80 pounds yeah. and there's three of them. So those seals do need to be adjusted. Like I've noticed I've already touched up like my entrance and my bathroom door and you can check, um, easy way to check this you turn the light on and then you just walk into the other room close the door and then turn the light off and then if you see any light coming through the crack in the door you know you have air exactly yeah and i really wish i had personally done the zero international seals i actually probably will you guys can probably see the well, i don't know if you'll be able to see the door depending on which camera i use but um basically uh i did a custom seal and a lot of people who have watched my YouTube videos may have seen like, Oh, this is awesome. You bought like magnetic ceiling on Amazon and, and it worked great for like the first year or two. Mm -hmm. And then on year three is like when I started getting all these problems from the door settling and moving. Um, and so to this day, I think that zero international seals on my door would really help. And the fact that you can easily adjust them is, is so much mm -hmm. nicer than doing, um, your own seals. So I, I don't recommend doing your own seals anymore. I'm kind of moving away from that. And Colin is a, a perfect example of using this technique that I think works great. And I will say, yeah. if you guys are listening to Colin and you're like, holy cow, he sounds like he knows a lot about construction. Uh, it's cause he does. And so Colin, you built this whole thing yourself. No, you're like, no, your dad did. Your dad did a lot of work. Uh, my dad did probably 20. He did the stuff that I couldn't do. Yeah. So electrical, Ethernet, he pulled like two new legs yeah. from the power box and ran them through the attic and dropped them down. So I had like clean power. Yeah. So like I... Um, but like, man, I did all the, like all the drywall, the sanding, the mudding, uh, like all the texturizing, the painting, wow. the trim, the flooring, the doors, uh, I did all the, in the attic. Um, we'll get into the, my, my crazy ventilation system oh, yeah. in a second. Oh, yeah. but like, that is, I'm still not entirely done as of recording this. I still have to go wire up an outlet and actually like turn the AEV on. But like, that was a beast to haul up I there. Bet. I have video of that. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah, it took like three months. I initially planned for one month, but I labor is so expensive. It just made sense to do it myself and it turned into three. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I could have, I could have told you that, but I was like really ex impressed. I, I'll just say this, uh, you know, to flatter Colin in front of me, but he was an amazing person to work with because you were so driven, so organized. And, you know, I, I'm you. not going to say how old you are, but, you know, he's, he's on the, the younger side and the fact that you did all this is really incredible. Um, and mm -hmm. so, you know, that is just 
really helpful when you're doing these DIY projects. Um, even if you're working with someone like me who's helping with the consulting, I there were so many times when I was like, hey, Colin, I think we should do this. You're like, oh, no, man, like this is going to add so much more work, which we'll talk about now, and, and, like the ceiling, for example, when. Yeah, let's talk about the ceiling because the ceiling was rough yeah. and I'm really happy you did what I recommended, but I'm glad I did what you recommended yeah. too. I think my plan was not good. Yeah. It would not have worked. I think, yeah, the ceiling might have caved in or it would have sounded really bad yeah. either way. Yeah. Like the soundproofing wouldn't have worked. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what happened is that, you know, he had a, a finished room and you had um, loose, like loose insulation. I don't know what you would call that specifically. That like blown. It's like the spray and stuff. Yeah, it's like yeah they in. like take a hose and they blow it in. It's yeah. not spray foam, but it's it's spray. Yeah, it's like loose, blown, loose, it's blown. Like loo yeah. yeah. Imagine like packing peanuts like shredded yes. and then they yeah. nasty, nasty stuff. Mm -hmm. So I told him I was like, listen, man, we got to remove all those packing peanuts. We got to remove all that insulation to do this right because what we needed to do was remove the whole ceiling, put in the acoustic clips, put in the hat channels for the ceiling, and then put yep. in the insulation and then put in the drywall. Actually, you would do that in reverse. You'd put in the insulation first, then the acoustic clips, then the hat channel, then the drywall. So you were like, dude, that's going to suck. I have to literally pack up and remove all that insulation, which you did, which I was like so impressed yeah. with. I, we actually got it. So we ended up just rather than like the initial plan was we were going to crawl up in the attic with like shovels, yeah. me and my dad and like, like just get, and we realized that was not going to like, there's, it's not gonna work. Yeah. Um, so we just grabbed like crowbars and just demoed the ceiling with the insulation still yeah. in it, and it it was just raining like on us. And I have photos of Ugh. the aftermath, but like we ended up just like sweeping it out with push brooms, like getting it into one big pile, trash bags, like that. It was like a two or three day thing, genuinely. Yes. Just that. Yeah. Just like yeah. That was like, that was a bummer, and I'm so happy you did it because if you had kept that stuff, it just wouldn't have worked. Um, me too, genuinely. Because yeah. now we have good stuff up there too. We have like two layers of like really good insulation. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so it's worth it. So that's what we did for the ceiling. And, you know, this is really important. The other option Colin had was to do nothing to the ceiling, which you were like, originally before you hired me, you were like, I'm going to do nothing except for the walls, yeah. one wall. You were going to just soundproof one wall. And I was like, no, we got to do all of it. Otherwise it won't work. Yep. And um, that's really important. So it was worth all the pain and suffering of cleaning up that insulation. Um, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> let's talk about your heating and cooling because you have a yeah. Split. I do, and an AV. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about the mini split first. Right now, but yeah, the mini split. What about it? Um, so you have like this is a question I think a lot of people have is like, okay, I'm going to put in mm -hmm. a soundproof studio in my house. Should I use the existing HVAC system or should I use a mini split? And you know, we chose the mini split probably because it's you can install it yourself and it's cheaper than like running a whole HVAC system into that room and trying to soundproof it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean. For us, for this build at least, it makes perfect sense too, because like we're already going into the walls, and two of the walls are exterior facing, so it like costs us nothing basically. It's just tap the wall and then just like run the lines through. Yeah, it, it was like we got it done in like a day. Like it was really like from unboxing to literally hitting power on on the remote and watching it like open up and turn on and move cool air was like probably four to five hours. That's awesome. Yeah, you guys so, are you guys are pros. It, it's it pays to be handy. That's for sure. Pays to have some experience. Dad. Your dad is is crushing it. I should thank him. Um, yeah, showing me a lot. Yeah, so, appreciate so it. that's awesome. So that and the mini split, just so everyone knows, it only takes care of your heating and cooling. So your room is now, you know, mm -hmm. ideally a good temperature at all times, right? Like the mini split's amazing yeah. and it's super quiet, it's right? Awesome. Do you have any issues with the the volume of it? 
No, I, I was literally tracking a guitarist in here yesterday. It was a Black Star tube amp. I had a 214 and a 57 on it. Yeah. And I had both of them just cranked. Just like I, I had a, it's I had my preamp, like it's going into the, like the red. I yeah. was because that was the tone I wanted. I couldn't hear anything in the recording. Like the recording floor, I, I used an X noise plugin to like bring the floor noise down. Uh-huh. Uh because like the tube amp is noisy. But I couldn't hear anything from yeah. the mini split. Genuinely, I didn't even know it was running. I didn't even like think about it. Like in my mind, I used to have like a mini fridge and like I had a swamp like spinning fan in my old basement because yeah. I didn't have I had to plug my vents. I didn't have any circulation. Oh, I remember in my you room. saying that. Yeah. Yeah. So every time I wanted to record, I had to unplug my mini fridge so there wasn't any buzzing. Yeah. And then I had to unplug my fan so it's hot because all my PC stuff is running. Yeah. And then my fan noise from my PC is still in the background. So it's still not even perfect. And I'm suffering just to get like nothing yeah. basically. Yeah. But this is like light years ahead. Totally. Like, totally. Silent. Don't even have to worry about it. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That I, they're amazing and uh they even have a silent mode so if you want to go even quieter like right now mine's in silent mode um yeah he's showing his little controller there and it has a dry mode so you can help with humidity somewhat too although i do recommend in like super humid climates you might eventually want to get a dehumidifier in the room mm-hmm. um which is a bummer which we'll talk about in a, in a ways in the sense that i turn my hu- dehumidifier on and off um when i'm working mm-hmm. here in the summers um, but it's not a big deal so the yeah. other thing i wanted to say so that's heating and cooling pretty simple um you know, simple with finger quotes, yeah. <laughs> simple in concept, but ventilation, this is the, the other side of the coin. Um, and this a is whole another animal. whole another animal. Yeah. So let's talk about yeah. that. Wow. Where to begin? Um, so Wilson talked about needing a dehumidifier. I don't need one cause I'm in Colorado. Yeah. I have high elevation. Everything is nice and dry here. I've never had any humidity issues with like any of my equipment. Yeah. If it does happen, I can just buy a unit and swap it out for the AV. Like the system I've built, I can just swap. Right. That's a good point. Really That's a good point. Yeah. But like, I don't, I don't need humidity. I'm not worried about that at all. So your needs may vary. You might not want to copy me necessarily. People shouldn't copy you. Yeah. Everyone's needs vary, but this is a good example of, you know, you know, we talked about this, me being his consultant. I was like, listen, you know, I lived in Colorado. I know how dry it is. I was like, yeah, Mm -hmm. humidity, not usually an issue in Colorado. Usually your lips are chapped year round and that's just the way it is. If anything, you need a humidifier in your room, you know, potentially. I had one before. That's what that fan was. It was like a water humidifier basically. Like yeah, it might be worth just it. getting a simple, like small humidifier that and they're silent. You know, they don't make a lot of noise in in mm-hmm. really dry times. Oh, like ones like nighttime. Yeah, like yeah, ones. just yeah. one that like has cool lights and like shoots out some water vapor. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. So the the basic idea here was we decided we really don't need uh, the ERV, which is going to help with the humidity ERV transfer of air. So an ERV, just so you guys know, when fresh air from the outside comes in, it might be, you know, humid and, or it might be really dry and you want to keep the humidity in your room. So the X, the air that's going out is actually mixing with the air that's coming in only, only mixing with humidity using the the core that's in the inside of the ERV and without getting too complicated it's a miracle how it works but it transfers air while con- consistently keeping the temperature uh consistent as much as possible and as also the humidity uh, as consistent as possible so that the air coming into your room is not super cold or super hot or super humid or super dry that's that's in a nutshell how those systems work the HRV does the same thing but it just does not use 
any humidity. Uh, it doesn't have any mm-hmm. humidity control. It just has hot and cold air control. And then we use the AEV. The AEV yeah, which the AEV, yeah, yeah. is that just like a, I'm trying to remember now because I haven't used these except on your build. And yeah. it was. It, well, that it's the non-humidity one. Yeah. I think it only is air. It's basically an HRV. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just pulling I, in air and transferring. I felt it. like there was one other feature that was in there. I just didn't need it. Yeah, yeah. I I would need to look at the actual manual itself. And it but was yeah, uh, it, in which unit you got the AEV eighty by Fantech. I'm pretty sure. I know it was by Fantech. I'm not sure exactly which model. I remember seeing like an eighty on the side. But I think I it's an eighty because I wanted to give them eighty cubic feet per minute because I feel like having a higher cubic feet. Per, I have a sixty cubic feet per minute, and I wish I had a little bit more airflow coming into my room. Um, and what's your square footage compared to mine's yours is even about the same bigger. Size. Mine's two hundred seventy-six oh, yeah. square feet, and yours was how much again? Like 250, 260. Okay, roughly the same. Yeah. So, you know, shooting around, it's the the 80, the cubic feet per minute is based off of the number of people in the room, but we're also introducing a baffle box system, which is kind of slowing down the airflow and things like that. So there's a few different things Mm -hmm. to think about. So let's keep moving. We could talk about this forever, but you built, so we have this AEV that's in your attic and (laughs) it's pulling in air from the outside, going into the AEV unit, and then it's transferring into a baffle box in your attic as well. That's correct? Yeah, correct. And you built this baffle box design based off something that I taught you, and then you kind of retrofitted it so that it would sit on top of your ceiling, and then there's a vent going down into your room. Yeah, it works. It's not pretty, but it works. And I'm proud of the work that I did do on it. Yeah. Nobody's going in my attic anytime. I'm not bringing any clients up in my attic. Yeah, so, so you're saying I'm your not attic's really not pretty? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, there's literally like two massive white boxes of drywall that look like they're covered in glue. Right. Just like sitting above my room, basically, yeah. with tubes coming off them you know yeah it looks like some like mad science yeah who cares you know my bathroom looks like a mad science experiment as well oh yeah yeah Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous um you know you can make them look pretty but the fact that you hit it in your attic i think is genius and it's not in like a it's not in a separate room in your house you know it's a good idea to put this above on top of your roof rafters as long you know as long as it can hold the weight um and so with the baffle box what you did is you built a series of turns that are you know it's one foot by one foot so we're getting a big solid airflow and then we mm-hmm. put some insulation on the inside of that baffle box and then you have to treat the baffle box uh like it's a soundproof system so you know yep. two layers of drywall and seal it up with acoustic sealant and make sure that thing is airtight and full of mass and you have this perfect do you hear anything coming through that vent um when i was building it absolutely because i'm going like right into the attic basically like there's nothing between house but now that i'm now that it's like sealed up it's actually really good yeah i I don't i'm not worried about it yeah um the hard part not wasn't even the box um because i put it in the attic i had to build chimneys down to the vents because if it's sitting on top of the joist and I have the whole ceiling suspended off of the joist by like six inches, I have to build a soundproof chimney right. from the box down to the vent. That was the hardest part, getting the chimney and the vent soundproofed and attached to the box right. without weight from the box on the chimney. Because the last thing I want is the box like on the chimney pushing through the vent and like caving in my room yeah. right so i have to like make sure the whole thing is supported and i'm measuring the whole time and i'm doing all of this in like a three foot by two foot like <laughs> oh hot God. there's no light yeah i'm walking on the rafters i'm getting poked in the head by the nails from the yeah sh- uh from the 
shingles. Like, oh my God. This is it's, why it's, it's like, nice to hire someone if you can. <laughs> yeah. If, if you don't want, if that doesn't sound like fun to you and it genuinely, I didn't think I would like, I went into this thinking that I was, oh yeah, like a month I'll be done with it. Like, no, yeah. no, I like way overestimated how long all of this was going to take and how much effort all of this was going to take. Mm -hmm. It's worth it in retrospect, but like going in, if you would have told me, yeah, you're going to spend, you know, $35,000 to basically sleep in a closet with no electricity for three months, wake <laughs> up in drywall dust and insulation covered constantly. You can't get clean because I'm literally living in the room yeah. and it's under construction. Wow. So yeah. for three months and you're just living off Back. Man, like, I didn't realize that you were like living right there in it. Oh man. Yep. Well, this is brutal, but yeah. you know, you worked so hard. You earned that uh studio more than most people. It feels like it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, I, I feel like there's a there's a part of me in the room. Yeah, I, definitely. I, it's kind of weird. Like I've put so much of myself in. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that way about my studio as well because I built this along with my contractor side by side. I, I didn't have the brains yeah. at the time, you know, to, I still wouldn't build this on my own. But, you know, it feels good to like actually put your blood, sweat and tears into the, the building uh, yourself if you're interested in that. Okay, lastly, yeah. uh, I want to talk about the acoustic treatment because we I also helped you with that. A lot of people think I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, he's just the soundproofing guy, but I do want to oh. help people you know, with the entire acoustic treatment of the room. And so we actually did some consulting on that as well. So why don't you just talk about sort of what yeah. we figured out in the end? Uh, so the, just the system I'm on right now, I have two, uh, three way speakers and they're near field. So they have a little bit more energy than like a, uh, sorry, they're a midfield. So they have a little bit more energy than like a near field. So they're meant for like kind of the whole room. I, my, in my mind, I would have like clients in the back of the room and they could listen to the mixes and they would translate somewhat. They wouldn't be perfect, yeah. but they could at least get like an idea of like what I'm doing. And you know, they can kind of get an idea of the song before they like step out and take it into the car or something. Um, so we have those monitors in here. They're set up. Um, they're spaced, obviously, equilateral triangle with my head, like all the same, you know, the usual. Um, but then we created an RFC. So I have a huge cloud above me. It's about seven and a half feet by four feet. Uh, it's five of my panels connected together. And then it has a one inch, uh, sorry, a one foot air gap from the ceiling. So it's a six inch thick cloud hanging one foot down from my ceiling, seven feet by four feet, basically. Uh, and then on my sides to my immediate left and right, I have three panels and those are about four feet by four feet. So it's like a square basically on my left and right. And then I have four panels in one of my corners. And that's kind of like my, I've, I've been tracking. I, I still don't know how the room sounds exactly yet. I'm still like figuring out like where I like everything. I've been moving the drum set around, right. and, like moving instruments around, but that's been my kind of corner where I've stick like stuck things for now. So I've just tried to like deaden it up a little bit. So I have four panels in one corner and then I have like two or three other panels kind of spaced out just covering, you know, open areas where those four panels like left kind of issues. Um, and then we talked about it last phone call, but I do have some ringing frequencies on my low end that are not good. No, um, yeah. just like one. I will say his low end but. is amazing for all of you nerds out there. Uh, we looked at his uh, room EQ wizard file and mine is worse. So Colin, mine, I looked at mine again the other day and I was wow. like, because we were looking at the spectrogram and we were kind of like, okay, so we've got these modal ring outs and you know, you just have one at like 40 Hertz. Uh, and that's mm -hmm. it. The rest of your room is like tight, which is amazing. I have three. I have one at like 50 Hertz. I've got wow. one at like 80 Hertz. I've got another one at like hundred Hertz. So, you know, for me, I would have to treat all those frequencies individually a little bit more. Uh, I think just cause my room is bigger, you know, there is this sense of like, you can control a smaller room more easily with less money because it's less square footage, but, um, not to go down that rabbit hole, but I just wanted to 
jump in because I was like, your room actually is pretty solid. Um, and your frequency response was pretty solid as well with that acoustic treatment that you put in. Um, yeah, personally, I'm super happy with it. Yeah. Love it, love it to death. But I mean, if you want to nitpick, there are things to <laughs> right, nitpick. Always. And I, I can nitpick to death and I will. And there's going to be things that I upgrade forever, basically. Like there's already, I want to get like a taut power conditioner and like a whole bunch of other yeah, like, crazy totally. expensive stuff that I can't afford right now. So yeah. I, upgrades down the line to make, but you're right. As of right now, this is the best sounding room I've been in. And I've been in like actual, like when I was at school for this, when I was doing school for this, I've been in like, actual like dead treated rooms where they've lined everything up with like lasers and stuff and even that sounded like worse to me than this that's this has awesome more, like, dude lively feel to yeah. it because like the the booths that i were in were just dead yeah yeah and you don't want a dead room um nope. and you didn't talk about at least i don't think i i heard this but your your base traps mm -hmm. in your front corners oh yeah, yeah yeah so i have two massive chunk traps in each of my corners i think they're about four and a half feet wide i think i had to do some some weird stuff basically i just took like the the longest side um the hypotenuse mm -hmm. right yeah 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 um yeah anyways i had to like find the hypotenuse of like the the insulation that we were finding and that's the size i had to go with basically yeah. and then also i was limited by the size of fabric you can get you can only get fabric that's like so large and i have to like wrap right. around the side so i need like six inches on each side yeah. so it's like i'm i'm limited um but they do sound like I have pictures of me installing them and how I've installed them. It's basically just like one shelf and then there's like a stack of uh, the insulation and then the shelf and then a stack of insulation on top of the shelf and then the frame is screwed into the shelf uh, and that's basically it. But I just having those in here, like before I had like panels or anything else, just the traps already huge difference right. on the low end. Huge difference. Uh, I didn't even, yeah. I could play, I had music in here before that I was playing, like songs, and I'd play them before and after, like night and day yeah. instantly. Like the detail, you can hear things that you weren't hearing before. Yep. Uh, it feels tighter, like almost like you're putting on headphones. Yeah. But I mean, once I got the cloud in, that effect really came together. Genuinely, when I walk into my listening position, it feels like I'm putting on headphones without actually like putting on headphones. Yeah. Like, that's the closest thing I can describe to sitting in this listening position with these speakers. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so, you know, Colin did this huge upgrade, um, got better. I recommended that he put emphasis on his monitors, not on microphones, which I think was a really good mm -hmm. choice at the start. I agree. Yeah. Um, so having great speakers for sure is going to help you with your listening position. But after that, um, hit those corners you know like your back corners unfortunately we can't hit as well because of the mini split and the door and this is very typical of a bedroom when you can't build a studio from the ground up or in a basement or in a garage you know you're always gonna have issues with a door usually in a corner that's just the way you would put doors in a house um so that does limit you with like kind of treating the corners but like Colin said, you know, we did the front corners and we did all that other treatment. It still sounds great. And the most important thing, I tell everybody this, the most important thing is, can you mix in there and do your mixes translate? And what's the answer to that question? Absolutely. Right now they are. Yeah. I've tracked at least a couple things. I've, well, let me actually count. I've done three hip hop songs, um, some saxophone, like jazz stuff, a lot of guitar, a little bit of piano and a little bit of singing yeah like just a, just like one session of singing yeah and between all of those all of them are way better than the recordings i was doing and i was recording all of that in my dad's basement yeah before so like i have references i can go back to like oh that's what my saxophone recording used to sound like, like yeah oh that's like 
what my vocal used to sound like, like whew, rough, yes. you know? Um, so night and day. And then also taking it out to the car, I can already, like, I know what my car sounds like. I know what these sound like now. I already know what it's going to sound like before I even get in the car. Yeah, like, yeah. And that's, there's a secret ingredient that you haven't mentioned yet that we also did that I recommended. And what was that? Do you remember? The Sonarworks yep. and the Room EQ Wizard? Yeah, yeah. Sonarworks is is key, right? I think Sonarworks is like that final icing on the cake once you've got all this treatment in. Um, by the way, mm -hmm. I'll just say that Colin built all the treatment custom, uh, as you can probably imagine from his previous work on his studio, the, the acoustic treatment was like the easy part. Um, yeah, it was like four days, actually. That was the shortest segment. Yep. It was 19 panels plus the two corner chunk traps. Yeah. And those guys are eight and a half feet by like four and a half. Yeah. So. Yeah. So serious amount of panels in there, you know, and the fact that you built it all yourself, you saved yourself thousands of dollars. Um, Absolutely. So I, I, I haven't final math yet, but I don't think I've spent over 2000 genuinely. That's awesome. That's a really good yeah. deal. And then you have a fully acoustic treated room. And like we said before, you know, Sonarworks helps with that final thing. That's room. For those of you who don't know, Sonarworks is a room EQ software. It EQs your speakers to flatten out the response in the room. And I recommend it for everyone. There's there's other products out there that do it, but Sonarworks does a great job and it's way more affordable in my opinion. Um, so yes your mixes will translate to the car you have an amazing acoustic treatment you have great speakers so you're hearing the detail in the mixes as well which is awesome um lastly i have one more uh sort of self-promoting question but i'm curious to yeah, see yeah. what you say so for all the people that want to like 100 percent diy it themselves uh mm -hmm. was it worth it to have a consultant absolutely like you're playing if you're like if you're playing with like upwards of like 30 to fifty thousand dollars think about how much of an error it would be if i had ordered like i don't know the wrong drywall or something right right yeah like, that's assuming i get my design correct that's assuming i get my principles like my first principles of my design correct like what if i make my design off of a bunch of like incorrect assumptions um also i like having people check my work it's like i can do I feel like I could design like a comparable room like this on my own, give it enough time. But like, I would still want someone to like check my work and make sure right. that I'm not overlooking something like really obvious that is going to save me a lot of money or improve my quality of sound or like whatever, you know? And when you're playing with like 30,000, $50,000 and you're building a studio to get a second opinion from someone who has done it and has actually like gambled and arguably has kind of like won that gamble um is more than worth it uh, at the end at least i don't know like i I, I don't have a time machine if i could go back and like <laughs> not hire you yeah, and then yeah. do the whole project and compare the two right i wish i could um but i if i had to say if if you were to ask me do i think you saved me the money that i paid you i would say yes awesome so yeah and that's yeah. Usually that's the big hang up that a lot of people have. Um, and I think, you know, it's interesting. Everyone's got a different level of DIY-ness. And I would say your level of DIY-ness was super high. But I also respected from the very beginning, um, like you said, I want someone to check my work. I want someone to like bounce ideas off with. And I have so much fun working on these projects because we we talk through like there's no like right way to do anything we talk through the cost benefit together and as a team yeah. we kind of figure out like okay let's weigh all our options and let's pick the very best one and you know at mm -hmm. the end of the day i'm here to say i think this one's the very best one um and sometimes we change we change yeah, on the fly yeah, a couple totally times. there's two or three things where we were just like okay this isn't working like what can we do yeah like yeah, yeah totally and that comes up and having somebody that like i can go to and be like oh god right yeah. like what happened 
right? This is messing. Like, what do I, right? Yeah. That's, that's huge. Totally. I don't think there was ever an emergency like that where I ever had to, mm -hmm. um, but you know, just knowing that like, if I had messed something up, I could message someone and be like, Hey, and there's a whole bunch of resources at my disposal to fix right, that problem right. was, you know, yeah, super worth it. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for sharing that. Lastly, before we end all this, I have to let you promote yourself. So where oh, can yeah, people yeah. find out about your music, about your studio? Um, how can they hire you if they're interested in some of your work? Yeah, I'm based out in Colorado Springs, Colorado, uh, tonelabrecording.com. You can just view my website uh, if you're interested in booking. I do online mixing, mastering, uh, kind of getting into mastering. I'm messing around with like Ozone 10 right now, but you can view that on my website if you're interested. Uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, YouTube, that's all linked on there if you're interested. I'm going to be uploading videos about like um, more like in-depth stuff about my specific build if you have like any interest in like what I've done on like a macro level, like down to every detail. Um, I have every screw nail, every expense tracked on spreadsheets. I have a bunch of data from my build. I was going to go over that. Um, cause I mean, I figured someone would get something out of that. What, like I tracked it for myself, but now that the project's over, I don't have any use for it. So it's like, yeah, it doesn't, hurt me to release that data yeah so well, be careful you might end up like me <laughs> yeah, go and make it a youtube channel and be uh, like all right i'm obsessed with teaching people this um but i'm sure people will find that super useful so definitely reach out to colin um i'll put his website in the uh the notes for this and everything um and any other information you want to share but i think the website's a great way for people to contact you yeah, yeah. You can always reach out through my website if you're interested in working. If you're local Colorado, I'm always looking for people to work with. Yeah. Mostly hip hop, uh, mostly vocalists. But I, you know, yeah. experiment. I like to try new things. Yeah. So, if, you know, you're a band, you want to try some stuff. He's got an awesome you know, studio, guys. Definitely check it out. I do. All right, sweet man. Thanks so much. And uh, thanks, yeah, thank you. thanks for listening, everybody. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Colin is an amazing person and was a joy to work with throughout the entire process. And I hope you got an understanding of sort of what you can do. There are certainly limitations, like we said, with the kick drum and things like that. But overall, he's able to do amazing work, uh, especially with mixing and recording people in his second story studio. So something really cool to look forward to if that's something you're going to work on. Again, if you are going down this journey, check out my free soundproofing workshop. You can watch that right away at soundproofyourstudio.com workshop. And also, if you're interested in consulting, I don't usually promote this on here, uh, but it is out there. I have a full consulting program uh, that I have for people who are really serious and want to do it right the first time. Um, you can also reach out about that at soundproofyourstudio.com. Calm. All right. I'll see you all later.